This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company, an approved CE education provider for nearly every insurance and financial advisory firm in the U.S. When your next CE deadline rolls around, click on adbanker.com. If you don't see our name on your preferred provider list, call your home office and ask them to add us, adbanker.com. Michelle Guerin is a second-generation agent who has been with New York Life Insurance for 29 years. She has earned numerous credentials, such as the CLU designation, CHFC, AEP, and CLTC, and industry awards including a lifetime member of the Million Dollar Roundtable, and company recognition such as the Chairman's Council as a member in 2014. Recently, she was selected as an honoree for the Money Makers Program presented by the New Orleans City Business, which honors the area top financial providers and was also chosen to lobby in Washington, D.C. on behalf of New York Life. Michelle holds a B.S. in Management from Louisiana State University and a B.S. in Hotel, Restaurant, and Tourism from the University of New Orleans. She belongs to the New Orleans Estate Planning Association and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, the Rotary Club of New Orleans, and New York Life Agents Reinsurance Company and Executive Women's International. She is also a volunteer for the Kappa Kappa Gamma Alumni Association and is a Junior League Sustainer member. Well, Michelle, uh, thank you uh, for joining us on our program today. Uh, uh, it's really great to have you. Glad to be here. So you're all, now you're in New Orleans. Have all the crowds from uh, uh, Mardi Gras and all gone home? So has everything gone back to normal now? It's gotten back to normal, and I'm sure next month we'll be dealing, we'll be welcoming the Jazz Fest. Okay. People coming in town. So we're, we're in between the two holidays. Well, you're kind of in a destination there where there seems to be always something going on. That's true. Michelle, tell us a little bit, uh, our listeners, a little bit about what you do now. Sure. We work with local businesses and families, families on handling different insurance and financial planning needs. Yeah. Say, uh, now, you're, are you from New Orleans or where was your hometown? I'm from here. I was born and raised and um, several generations, and so it's definitely my home. Now, in the introduction, I mentioned that you were a second-generation uh, agent. Uh, who in your family was uh, was in the business before? It was my father, and he's been retired for 20 years. He was a 40-year agent, and I probably came into the scenes when... Um, Probably about thirty years, about thirty years when he he was an agent for about approximately thirty years. We had a ten year overlap, so it was nothing I ever intended on doing, but it was a good fit for me for a couple of different reasons. And so I ended up there because I had a father in the business. You know, what was your family circumstances growing up? Did you have brothers and sisters? Uh, did you uh, go to the office with him when you were a kid? I we did not. In fact, I'm always a big proponent of bring your children to work day because I don't think our children really know what we do. Um, we didn't know what my father did at all other than he was a manager at one point with New York Life. We, we certainly grew up with the name New York Life, but it wasn't till I was interviewing in a different field, um, but also in tangible sales that I spent the summer there 
to have the flexibility to interview. I was already out of college and realized it would be a good fit for me. Um, I was always a numbers, you know, financial kid. I always really liked math in high school and college. So it was a good fit for me because it was sales as well as financial related. Yeah. Now, was your uh, mom uh, involved in any way in the business or did she work as well or was she a stay-at-home mom? She was a stay-at-home mom, but she she always was very, I have three sisters. I'm the oldest of three sisters and we're one year apart. It's uh, four and four years. And I was saying this to some friends over the weekend when we were talking about women being active. And these were college friends. So these were friends who attended college. Um, We were talking about our parents' perspectives on women in the workforce. And and my mom, even, you know, in the 60s, even though she was a stay-at-home mom, was always a big advocate on women getting as much education in the field that they were interested in going into. And her her reasoning was you probably wouldn't be in school that much longer, and for those couple of extra years in school, you would probably get a lot more respect as well as additional income. And so we just always grew up from a very young age with that thought process in mind. And consequently, I do have a sister who became a lawyer, a sister who became a doctor. Um, And so we just always, that was our mindset growing up because that's what we heard at home, even from a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting having three professional daughters. Uh, So do they all come to you for insurance and you go to the other sister when you need legal things and you go to the other sister when you hurt? have done that. I mean, they're, they're both kind of retired as I've had children, but, but certainly, you know, everyone, um, we've always been there for each other, yes. Yeah. What's a, one of, say, a fond memory that you have uh, growing up with your sisters and your, and your parents? You know, I would say you mentioned Mardi Gras before. You know, as children, everyone dressed up. And so definitely, we, we grew up doing things in New Orleans, uh, whether it was going to Jackson Square and enjoying the day, even as young kids. Um, going to Mardi Gras, we were always dressed up the same, and um, so those are all good memories, you know, city-related, but but family at the same time. Yeah. Now, I understood you uh, left home and went to uh, Louisiana State University. Uh, Why did you pick that? Uh, is that a, a destination that you'd always uh, you always dreamed of getting to? Well, I mean, LSU was again that was with a lot of um, input from my mom. She she wanted us to go to a big university, not a small one, just because I think she wanted us to have a big a big school experience. And that that was a major state school, and it's not that far from New Orleans, sixty miles or so. So it was a way to be away at home, and out, in some ways feel like you were a lot further away than you were. Um, and so it, it wasn't as if we had a lot of options and look at, at out-of-state schools. It was, it was the big school in New, in Louisiana. Yeah. Well, when you got there to school, uh, what did you find that the topics uh, were really, that really interested you the most, that you were really good at? Again, I started off in the, as a business major and just kind of stayed with that. You know, I always enjoyed, you know, the, the, anything that was associated with, um, you know, present value, future value, calculations of, of math, of money, making money grow, um, as well as economics. Um, and so, you know, business major fit me pretty well. 
it was still a pretty well-rounded degree. We also studied a little bit of psychology, you know, certainly some English. Um, I studied a lot of French. I always really enjoyed French, so I, I, I took a good bit of French in college. And um, so I guess that was my more, you know, liberal arts side. Yeah. Now, was there a topic that uh, you found that uh, you got into class and you uh, decided, hey, I don't want to have anything to do with this, a topic that really uh, wasn't your cup of tea? You know, you know, I'll tell you what's really kind of funny is what I always avoided was insurance <laughs> because yeah. it's what Dad did, and I was going to try to avoid it like the plague. Yeah. So I really did sort of stumble into it. Yeah. But um, but again, it it fit multiple levels, and that's really when the insurance field was developing into the financial services market as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mutual funds, annuities. You know, they New York Life especially moved into the variable side. Yeah. So um, yeah. It was something that I avoided, but then I, I got into at a later date. Yeah. Say, so when you got out of school, uh, what was your original career plan? Uh, you know, after all, it, very seldom do I hear folks say, well, I've, I planned to be an insurance agent when I grew up. What was your original plan? Yeah, well, after finishing LSU, and you know, I graduated in four years, I had thought about all the jobs I had in the past, and I really had, you know, I always had some kind of job. And I remember kind of doing the T-bar, you know, the, the, you, you draw the column down the page and, um, you know, wrote, wrote down pros and cons on each side about all the jobs I'd had and what I liked best and least from each job. And it sort of seemed like the common, and this was just an exercise I did on my own. I don't remember anyone suggesting that I do it. But, uh, you know, the, the common denominator seemed to be working with people in some category, you know, on some level. That, that I really wanted to be kind of out in the public, not cooped up in an office, um, you know, interacting with the public. And so I looked over the MBA program and I didn't want to take more economics, quantitative methods. I just kind of done all that and didn't want to do another year and a half or two years of that. And um, so I decided to, uh, the University of New Orleans at the time had a hotel, restaurant, and tourism degree. And since it was all also in the Louisiana State University system, all my courses transferred. So I actually went three more semesters and got that second degree, which was a second undergraduate business degree, and really thought I was going to end up in the tourism field. But at that time... Tourism wasn't anything in New Orleans like it is today. I think it was our third largest industry, but yet no advertising dollars were spent on it. And at that time as well, we were losing a lot of our oil and gas fields. We had kind of our our own recession going on in New Orleans. And so I was interviewing in the hotel restaurant field. Really, Really, I thought I'd end up in like a convention center or an airport, you know, something where you had a management system in place, yeah. but also intangible sales. So because all of those fields, you know, you, you don't, you don't bring those things home with you. Yeah. So that was that summer I ended up working in my father's office just to give me a little flexibility while I interviewed. And at the time realized I was interviewing for in a sales, you know, that, that he also was in a sales position, <coughs> excuse me, but also in the financial world, which I always had gravitated toward. Yeah. 
Well, it's uh, so that was your first job uh, working uh, after school would be, uh, and you finished was working with your dad in, in his agency. Well, it was my first my first full time job, and I, I I was hired as an independent agent with New York Life. So I was in the management. Yeah, I was in the agent program. Yeah, yeah. And um, I always worked for a lawyer. Kind of always had a job in college, um, working for a healthcare lawyer in the city. And so I considered law school at one point, but um, didn't end up going that route. Yeah. You know, when you're uh, not in the office, uh, say in, it's your personal time, family time, what do you find uh, uh, you're doing uh, with uh, your kids and, and your family when you're not in the office? Yeah, well, certainly when, when our children were younger, and they're 22 and 18 now, but certainly, you know, all my time when they were younger was, you know, weekends revolved around them. As they're getting older now, I um, always enjoyed. Um, I'm, a, I'm a gardener, so I'm always, you know, bringing plants in the backyard and, and decorating with color and experimenting with color. Um, and, and someone even walked in my backyard and said, "You're an artist, but you paint with flowers." And it was such a compliment to me. Um, and and plus, it's a way to kind of spend spend some solitary time, but be creative. Yeah. Um, I'm a gardener. I've always been a piano player, so I, I still play the piano. Yeah. That was kind of my high school hobby. Uh, still experiment with that. And then recently I've tried to develop what was a hobby kind of right out of college where um, I'm doing, I'm trying to do more sailing, which is something I always enjoyed. I'm, I'm a water person. I always enjoy being on the water. I get off a sailboat. I feel like I've had a massage. Huh. I'm just entire, entire, entire. Excuse me, entirely relaxed and kind of at peace. So yeah. I've been sailing with kind of an adult sailing group for the last year, and that's yeah. kind of, you know, what, what I want to get better at going forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, you've got the climate certainly down there uh, for uh, the gardening and uh, having a, a larger or longer growing season. Uh, yes. In the South. So that's, that's beautiful. Yes. Um, it's, uh, kind of back to the, the business itself. When you first got in the business, what do you, what was the hardest thing for you to kind of to do or to get comfortable with when you first started out in the insurance and financial services business? Yeah. You know, the, the, the hardest thing, um, I, I guess, and, and it's still, it's the number one, you know, it's, it's the, it, it's what drives everything else is, is having people to call, having people that you want to work with, um, enjoying how you spend your day, um, you know, prospecting. It, you know, prospecting is what you need to keep everything else working. Um, you know, so that's – and in some ways, everybody's a prospect, and you're never off the clock because you're, you're kind of always thinking along those lines. But yet you don't want everyone to be a client either. I mean, sometimes you just want people to be friends. Mm -hmm. And um, and and that's okay, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, prospecting is always, it's the number one thing that drives everything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, taking you back to that uh, very first client, uh, you know, we we all had that first client that we have. How did the, uh, the very first client that you had, uh, what, 30-plus years ago, uh, how did your paths cross? Yeah, I, I think he was, he was, you know, I'm thinking of one person off the top of my hat, and 
he was he was someone who had been an old you know a prior boss of mine at a hotel in the French Quarter. I'd done an internship there while doing the University of New Orleans degree, and I think he just had a granddaughter, so it was the kind of thing that um, you know he he was glad to buy a policy for her, and um, you know, and then there's another. There was a really good client of mine who was a woman in business. And I'd read about her in a in an article. She was a highlighted. It was a catering company, and much older than myself. But I can remember, you know, talking to her about using, you know, business dollars for some personal reasons or you know personal planning. And I can remember she said, "Well, I don't know why none of my other advisors have told me about this." And I can remember my father being pleased that. They were both much older people. Normally, you work with people within five years of your age group, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I always had a knack for working with older people. I, I always enjoyed their wisdom and their perspective, and so I've always kind of gravitated, you know, toward that older clientele as well. Yeah. So, what, so, do, you, what do you find uh, your clients? Uh, what are their primary concerns when you? Uh, the demographic that you're you're talking about. Well, you know, for the most part, I think people, most people are worried about, you know, making sure their families remain intact, um, you know, financially, emotionally, taking care of their businesses, um, you know, just just doing the right planning to. Kind of have good exit strategies. Yeah, yeah. What's uh in terms of uh, comparing your first year in the business now that you have some experience under your belt, uh, uh, near just over thirty years? Uh, how has the business changed? Uh, say if you compared uh, what you did in uh, the first year uh, compared to the just the immediate past year. Well, let's see. The first year, I guess it's just you're kind of. The, um, you know, in the restaurant business, they used to use an expression that said something like, you either use your head or your feet. You know, so you either work smart or plan on making a lot of trips. So, you know, I think in those early years, you're using your feet, you know, where you may have to make two or three trips, where as you get in the business longer, you want to use your head more. You just want to, yeah. you know, plan accordingly, ask the right questions, be prepared, um, and at the same time, you know, being in the business a long time, you don't mind winging things a little bit more because you do have that experience. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're unprepared. Yeah. So I, I think you just kind of have the wisdom of being prepared and, um, but at the same time, never taking anything for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from where you are, you've got a lot of credentials uh, and accumulated a lot of credentials and designations over the years. Obviously had, uh, I'm, I'm sure, great relationships with clients. Uh, what do you find uh, when you look at yourself? What are you really good at uh, in terms of uh, how you conduct your business? Well, I mean, to begin with, you know, clients know you care. Um, and it's always, you know, you always put them first. Um, you know, my attitude is I've been doing this a, you know, a long time. I'm here when you're ready. So while it doesn't mean you don't encourage people or try to get them to take action, it, it does mean not at a price. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I guess what I'm good at is um, you know, just being there for my clients and being there when they're when they're ready to take action. Yeah, yeah no, I'm uh, getting up a little bit uh, long in the tooth as well. Uh, and, you know, when I was in my 20s, I thought I, I knew most of the answers. And I, now I realize that maybe I have a few shortcomings. Uh, you know, what's uh, an area in your practice that you you haven't done as good a job as you think you could and you're continuously working to do better at? Yeah. You know, I don't think I've found a true niche. You know, it would have been nice to really kind of develop a um, – I'm kind of a general practitioner, but at the same time, you know, try to be familiar with estate planning and, um, you know, high net worth planning. Um but, you know, I, I, it's not, you know, I still do a lot of the basics. It's not like I, I can say I specialize in one field or another. And, and it might be nice to have done that, but it's, it's not, again, where I found myself over time. Yeah. Yeah. It's to only do one thing. Yeah. Or only work with one particular clientele. Yeah. Well, what excites you most about uh, where you're at in the business today and, and about what you do? Well, I mean, it is what I do. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of what I wake up and do in the morning, and, and it would be hard to imagine doing anything else. Um, I do have a daughter who might be considering, I mean, she's actually planning on coming on board this summer. She's graduating from college. And so, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, nothing's written in stone, but, but if it would work to, to go into a third generation, that would be great. And, it, and, it, and I think it would kind of give me a sense of purpose to you know, see the next 10, 10 years through and, and bring some vitality um, and, and, and uh, enthusiasm, mm-hmm. you know, for something, to, you know, for new paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even if, that, if, it, if it doesn't come to fruition on a long-term basis, um, you know, just, just kind of planning on being here the next 10 years, um, you know, seeing the career peak and, 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 and progress into retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, is a, uh, opportunity where she would come in and work with you or would she work with one of your colleagues? Well, she would, she would kind of do what I did. I mean, she would be hired as an agent. She's already licensed because she did an internship. She was licensed with a different company. But she really liked the job. I mean, it was it was on her own doing. It was in it was in another state where she's attending college, and she got licensed. It was it was it was a second internship she did over the summer. But she really enjoyed calling on people, setting up appointments, learning the business. Um, you know, she's someone who draws a lot of strength from working with people as well. Um, it's kind of how she gets her energy. So we'll see what. And she's a political economics major so she likes she definitely likes the business side of it yeah yeah so we'll see where that goes but that that should be happening hopefully over the summer yeah well good luck with yeah. that it's uh, I know. hope that she uh hope that she finds uh her niche and uh obviously she has a, a great role model to follow uh, speaking of role models and kind of circling back to your mom and dad what was some advice or maybe just an example that they set that your mom or dad gave you when you were growing up that you might have been skeptical of when you heard it or you saw it, but now when you look back, you say, you know, doggone it, uh, they had it right. 
Yeah, um, well, my mom, I remember her saying at one point that everyone's replaceable. So if you're not doing a good job, they'll find someone else who will take your spot, you know, which, <laughs> which again, you know, just kind of said, don't assume anything. Um, and, and again, kind of always do your job to the best of your ability. Um, I think schoolwork was always important, you know, to do your best. Um, you know, just high ethics, high standards, um, to always, um, you know, present yourself well, carry yourself well. Yeah. You know, just the, the basic, you know, work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Well, for our listeners, uh, our guest today uh, has, uh, is Michelle uh, Guerin, who is a award-winning uh, producer with New York Life uh, in uh, New Orleans. Uh, and Michelle, I just want to tell you, thank you for uh, taking a minute from your busy schedule and dialing in and having a conversation with us today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you reached out to me. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.